Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Live It Well podcast. We are your hosts, Chris and Jenny Gravy. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We are so glad that you're here with us. Each week, we invite authors, mentors, friends of ours who have an inspiring message, who are living their life well. And so our goal is to learn and grow, and we want to invite you to do the exact same thing with us. So hope you're ready. Let's dive right in. On today's episode, we're talking with New York Times bestselling author, Crystal Payne, founder of Money Saving Mom and host of The Crystal Payne Show. Crystal is a mom of four, and she shares her struggle with anxiety over parenting and what it took to recover from her child's struggle with suicide and how she learned a better way forward. I was spending so much time correcting and I was spending so little time connecting. And so, to step back and take that away and say, what would it look like instead to just love them where they're at right now, today, and focus on that? Crystal shares the four tools she discovered to parent from a place of love and wholeness rather than a place of striving for success. All right, guys, pull up a chair. Join us. This is a fun one. Listen in. All right, well, Crystal, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here excited to be here. All right. Well, we are both kind of snowed in today. <laughs> it's a wild white day out here at our house. I know yours as well, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, we're excited to jump into this new project. And so, you know, your story is one that's, uh, man, what a wild ride. And I want to ask you to take a second and share it because for you, just a few years ago, you know, happily married, three awesome kids, you know, great job. You were kind of cloud nine. House was fully paid off. And then a day came that absolutely rocked and shook everything at the core for you. Would you mind picking up that part of your story and telling us about this brand new project you're doing? Yeah. So I'm, I just finished a book called Love Centered Parenting. And I never, ever, ever in my life envisioned I would be writing a book with parenting in the title. Mm-mm, no, no, no. That was not what I was going to be talking about. In fact, so often when people would ask me for parenting advice, I'd be like, maybe ask me in 25 years from now and I might have possibly something to share with you. But here we are. You know, often God calls you to do things that feel very scary and very outside of your comfort zone. And so for years I had blogged on saving money at moneysavingmom.com and teaching people how to blog at yourbloggingmentor.com. And then I had written three books and I was done with writing books and I was just going to get back to my little online entrepreneurial life. And um, then something happened about four years ago where I just hit rock bottom as a mom. And one of my kids just, um, we found out through a visit to the principal's office that there was a lot of stuff that had happened over months before and our child had broken the school's code of conduct and was being asked to leave the school. And it was really a low place for me as a mom. But then it got so much lower because not only is it just kind of overwhelming to get hit with all of this information at once when you really were clueless that this had been going on. But then my child really spiraled out and um, just was lashing out and super angry and becoming suicidal. And we were trying to get in with a counselor and we were really struggling to find one that would take our child because of how bad things were and um, ended up in the ER. And it's just a really scary place to be when you feel like that you need help and you know you need help, but you're struggling to find it anywhere. 
Absolutely. That has got to be so scary to be in that place. So, so you talk about ending up in the emergency room. Is that right? Yes. Tell us about that moment. Yes. Um, you know, you never, ever, ever, when you have these precious little babies, picture that someday you're going to be walking into an emergency room with one of them and whispering to the person at the desk, you know, my child's suicidal. And it was such a just a low moment. We felt so devastated, but we had called multiple counselors and they had said, you know, with where things are at, we feel like you need to go straight to the ER. And I think as parents is hard because we were like, well, I don't think they're that bad. You know, I, I think we try to kind of, but we were like, no, we need, we need to do what they, they said. And so we did. And just in that space there where your child is being asked to, they have to take all their clothes and their shoes and they have to put on this hospital gown and then they come in and they bring somebody in to monitor you and them because they don't trust you. And it's just, you want to be like, I'm a good mom. You know, like you feel like you need to almost justify like, why is this happening? But you know, you understand at the same time their protocols and it was very humbling, but I feel like in that moment of just feeling this desperation, God met me there and his love was so evident to me and you just felt like so many things had been ripped away from me at that point but he was still with me and I'm so grateful for that. Crystal so where do you go from there you have a moment like this where you feel at rock bottom but God meets you he's right there carrying you what are the next steps that you took from that place? So we knew we needed some help. We couldn't do this on our own. And gratefully through the ER and then um, around that time, we were able to find a good therapist that we were able to get our child in with. And I remember sitting on the couch across from the therapist before my child had come in and we had the initial meeting, just my husband and I with the therapist and sitting there and saying to her, I will do whatever it takes. Um, Something's got to change. My child is on a trajectory that is very, very awful and I don't know what to do. And if there's anything that you uncover that I can change as a parent, would you please let me know? And so my child started the intensive therapy and a few weeks later after my child had been going, um, the therapist called me in after dismissing my child and, and said, you know, remember when you said if there's anything that you can do. Well, I really feel like after meeting with your child and working with your child that you are working so hard to try to fix your child what would it look like to instead just walk with them? Mm. And I really started analyzing, you know, what she was referring to by fixing them. And at first I kind of felt a little defensive. Like, I don't think that's me. I'm just trying to help my child. But over the course of the next few weeks, as I started paying attention, every time one of my kids would do something, I was immediately kind of coming over to fix it and, you know, trying to help them and rescue them and fix it. And let's just take care of this and, you know, stop doing this and you should do this. And, and I was spending so much time correcting and I was spending so little time connecting. And so that just really shook me at the core of recognizing that I, something needed to change in how I was parenting and it wasn't working. And, um, so I went on this journey, I, you know, looking back, realizing that's what it was of God just really 
taking me back to square one as a mom. And I had to start by being reparented by him because I'd spent so much of my life feeling like I was a disappointment, that I wasn't enough, that I needed to do more, be more, strive harder, be better, achieve some level of perfection or whatever. And then I would receive his love. Then I would have like attained that level of, okay, I can be loved by him and loved by others. And I realized that there were so many lies that I was believing. And these lies were really the labels that I was leading with because they had become my truths. And that's what I was living out of. I love one of the things you mentioned in the book about moving from a parent-centered style of parenting to relationship-centered parenting. Will you unpack that a little bit more? I love that. You talk about focusing on making sure that the kids know that they're loved instead of behavior modification. I think it's so easy. We want to just, you know, we live in this culture where it's these quick fixes. We have microwave dinners and fast food restaurants, and we want that for our kids too. Because, you know, ultimately our heart is we love them and we want the best for them. And we want them to grow up to be kids of character and adults who go out in the world and are successful. But we think so much of it is on us and on our shoulders. And so much of how we parent is really for our reputation. We care what other people think about us. And so I really started realizing what would it look like for me to parent from a place of relationship with my kids, of walking with them, of leaning in and loving them, instead of caring so much what it looks like to other people. And Again, I had to replace those lies with truths. And so to recognize the lies that I was believing and then replace those with truths. So believing that I wasn't enough, that I wasn't doing enough, that I was failing in my parenting. And instead of replacing that every time I heard those words in my head, replacing that with the truth of who I am in Christ and what he thinks of me and how he sees me and that I'm beautiful and loved and redeemed and chosen and forgiven and that he has given me these children and I can trust him to give me what it takes to be able to love them well. And so to focus on that and leaning in and loving them. And so in those moments when a child is lashing out or they're angry or they're making bad choices, instead of just running in to kind of rescue them or stop them or shut that down, to stop and really cry out to the Lord and say, God, please help me. I want to love my kids like you love me let your love flow through me to them and help me. And what does that look like in this moment? Well, that's really good. Um, Love that. I'm going to steal some of that. (laughs) We'll work on that today. Um, All right, let's take a second. I mean, you know, I kind of want to backtrack for a second. You you basically found out that your kid was the bully at school, which is like never my kid. It's not going to be my kid. It's always going to be someone else's kid. It's like, what, what was the process like of wrestling that down, you know, that whole season for you guys, understanding that? And uh, because I think there's a lot, I know there's a lot of parents listening right now going, gosh, what would I do if my kid was the bully? Um, I'd love for you to share some of that with us, please. You know, it's really weird to recognize that all of a sudden you become the mom of that kid. You know, I feel like in every situation, whether it's in a school or whether it's in, you know, any group there, it feels like there's always that kid, right. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, like you don't want your kids to associate with them because they're the one that is always making trouble. And all of a sudden I've become the mom of that kid and it's very humbling. 
you know, for, for years I thought someday I want to write something for the moms of those kids. And I want them to know that they're not alone Mm -hmm. because it is a very lonely place to be. And there's a lot of criticism that comes and there's ostracization that comes from it. And it's a hard place to be. But at the same time, I feel like that looking back, I see how God met me in that. And, you know, he was saying to me, I'm enough. And then it doesn't matter what other people think of you. What matters is that you're faithful. And I think so often we feel like parenting is about results. We feel like it's about raising these good kids and that we have been successful as parents if our kids become successful one day. But yet all through scripture, we see that success isn't about the results. It's about faithfulness. And so as a mom to be taken to that place where you don't have any results to show and you got nothing and you know to just say okay god i'm going to trust you to be enough for me in this moment and so then for me it was not only replacing those lies with truth and not letting myself live out of those lies but then recognizing i had for the longest time believed that i needed to do more and be more and try harder in order to attain god's love and what would it look like for me to just receive his love for me even Mm. in this place that looked really messy and it felt devastating and that it felt like there's i don't see any way out Mm -hmm. to just receive his love for me and i was listening to a podcast somewhere around that time it was actually the trim healthy mama podcast and they had a guest on and she said this question she asked this question of herself what would loved me do how would loved me live and i realized that I didn't believe to the depths of my soul that I was loved, that I was enough in Christ. And so I was trying so hard to kind of micromanage and control my life so that it would look good. But what would it look like for me to just completely rest in the fact that in Christ I'm enough and I'm loved by him. And when he died on the cross and said, it is finished, Those are the three most powerful words that the gospel is for me today, that I can walk in that and that I can rest in that his finished work on the cross and that it doesn't matter what happens in my life, the waves that are around me, that doesn't change who I am in Christ. And so to be able to think, how would loved me live? How would loved me act? How would loved me parent? And to just really be able to lean in and love my child in that place and not worry about what other people were thinking about me. And there's something about when you believe that you are wholeheartedly loved, it's like your defenses just, you don't have Mm -hmm. to defend yourself anymore. You can put your shield down Mm -hmm. because you know that you're wholeheartedly loved. And so I didn't have to parent from thinking of what are other people going to think of me? How is this going to look to someone else? I could just parent and say, how do I love my child right now? What does that look like for today? That's really good. I love that. So for parents listening, what are some practical ways that we can start to make this shift from parent-centered to relationship-centered parenting? Well, I think one of the things is that replacing those lies with truth and even recognizing the lies in the first place. And I think one of the biggest lies is that we feel like it is our job to raise these really amazing kids. Like uh, it's interesting when I was writing this book, I ask 
on my Instagram. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. And I ask on there for people to fill in the blank. My job as a parent is to blank. And it was fascinating to me because of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses, maybe 98 to 99% of them were things that you have no control over as a parent. Mm -hmm. You cannot ultimately control your child's choices. You can nurture them, you can love them, you can walk with them, you can model things for them, you can teach mm -hmm. them. You cannot but ultimately you control your child's You can't choose their souls. You and can I think nurture as them, parents can love them, you can around walk with them, you can model like things it is for our them, you can teach them, to be but you can't change their Holy Spirit. That is a weight that is always going to be too too heavy for us to carry. And so then we can't walk in freedom because we're carrying around this weight that God never called us to carry. And so we're constantly going to feel like we're messing up. And if our child is acting out or making a mistake or lashing out or doing something that is wrong, it's our job performance on the line. So then therefore we're going to respond to our child out of that. Like I got to fix this because you know, I'm doing a bad job and we see our child's mistake as our job performance that we have messed up and failed. And so to step back and take that away and say, what would it look like instead? In the book, I talk about four choices every parent should make. And that is to lean in and love, to listen well, to lead with humility and to let go. And what does it look like to walk those out with our kids and to not worry about the choices that they're ultimately going to make, to not worry about, you know, where are they going to end up someday, but to just love them where they're at right now, today, and focus on that. That's really good. Um, what do you think of those four, and maybe just depending on the personality type or whatever, but what do you, what do you think is the hardest of those four for parents? I would say that leaning in love, we can get that listen well, but when it comes to then leading with humility, it's hard as a parent to not have it all together and for our kids to see that, you know, because I think sometimes we feel like, well, we don't want them to see us in our brokenness because we feel like that's almost setting a bad example before them. And yet, if we are willing to admit that we fail, and that we've done the wrong thing and that you know oftentimes we need to go back and ask forgiveness and and making that a part of our life and it's not just something that we know we should do but it feels way too awkward but just from the time our children are little you know if we yell at them or if we respond in a way that's not kind you know to just go back to them and say i'm really sorry mommy yelled at you yesterday and that was not right and i really want to work on this and this is why i need jesus and get, using it as an opportunity to not only lead with humility but to point our kids to christ and i think that that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids is that example that we set before them it's going it's going to preach so much more than any sermon that we ever say to our kids, the life that we live before them. And so I think that one's, but I would say that letting go is the hardest one because so often our identity is wrapped up in our kids, which is, you know, dysfunctional, but it is. And so what does it look like to actually let them go? And in the book, I talk about letting them fail. And especially when they're younger, 
one of the greatest gifts we can give them is to allow them to make those mistakes and learn at this small level and not constantly try to micromanage and bubble wrap and overprotect them. Because if we do that, they're never going to grow wings. They're never going to grow backbone. And so then we're going to have these dependent kids when they're 18 and 25 instead of you know, confident adults. And so starting them when they're young, letting go. And in fact, the subtitle of the book is the no fail guide to launching your kids. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, you haven't even launched your kids. Your oldest is only 16. You know, what are you doing talking about this? And also no fail. What? Excuse me. And how I can guarantee that you're not going to fail if you just walk with your kids, because failure is not dependent upon your child's choices. It's dependent upon your faithfulness. Mm -hmm. And then launching your kids doesn't just happen when they're 18. We need to start that when they're much younger and slowly letting go so that they are learning to take responsibility, to take ownership, to think through and wrestle through things at a young age and building up that backbone so that when they are ready to actually jump out of the nest, they have grown those wings and those wings have strength so that they can fly. Love it. All right. Um, well, before we kind of wrap here, we like to ask three questions before we close out every single episode. I guess, are you ready for these three questions? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they are. So. <laughs> that's the ready fun part. That's the fun part. We do. All right. So here's the first one. What's a book that's changed your life? A book that's changed my life. Okay. So when I was a teen, I read um, this book on Oswald Chambers called Abandoned to God by David McCaslin. And I have not read the book in years and years, but that book was really pivotal in my life of challenging me to live a life that was sold out to God. So that would be I one of my Nice. Okay. The second one is what's a habit that's changed your life? A habit that has changed my life is every single night before I go to bed, I write out a time block to-do list for the next day. I use Google Calendar, kind of a hybrid model of Google Calendar and pen and paper. And this really allows me to be able to use my time wisely, but also have extra breathing room in my day to be able to invest in those things that are most important. Great. Great. And lastly, what advice would you give to the younger you? Oh, yes. Okay. (laughs) So... I feel like if I could go back, maybe let's say 15 years, I'm, I turned 40 this year. So let's say I could go back to my 25 year old self. And I wish that I could go back and look her in the eyes and just say, you are so loved. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that you need to do or change or be in order to have that love. And you can just receive it and you can live out of it. And someday you're going to get that and it's going to change your life and it's going to set you free. That's beautiful. I love that. That's great. All right. Well, where can they look you up, find the book, all that good stuff? So I would love for people to follow me on Instagram. I'm very, very active there on Instagram stories. It's one of my favorite platforms. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. And then um, the book is available wherever books are sold. And I would also love people if you want to save money or learn how to live a little bit more frugally. I have um, the founder of the site, moneysavingmom.com. And I'm also the host of the Crystal Payne Show. Awesome. We'll link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Crystal, for being here with us today. Thank you for the opportunity. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode blessed you and we'd love to hear from you. Take a minute, leave us a review on iTunes, hit us up on our website, letsliveitwell.com or come find us on social media. 
We love hearing how these conversations are speaking to you. Also, you can find all the info for today's episode, all the books and links mentioned in our show notes over at our website, letsliveitwell.com. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. We're going to close this show out like we always do. Remember, you only get one life. Live Live it it well. well.